Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. And Father, we thank you for a nation we don't deserve to be in. And you can destroy us without a notice, without a warning. Help us to not trash our country, to not disrespect the flag, and even more, the Bible. Let the Christians rise and shine. And may we cry out for a revival and salvation and a turning to Christ in a nation that's drifted from God. We love you. Help me now to preach this message on this special day. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Have your Bibles. Be so kind enough to turn with us. We're continuing in 1 John. We're preaching right through it. I'm taking my time because we want to glean as many spiritual truths as we can from the Holy Scripture. 1 John chapter 2, verses 19 through 23 is where we are landing today. 1 John, toward the very end of the Bible, uh, chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, the Word of God reads, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist and denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And from this particular passage of Scripture, we want to preach uh, part two of where we left off last Sunday, how to remain faithful to the Lord in the midst of last day deceptions. This is a continuation of last Sunday. How to remain faithful to the Lord in the midst of last day deceptions. The greatest demonstration of love is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ from God himself. The blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on our behalf to redeem us is so precious, full of grace. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for his atoning work. The grace of God, the precious redemptive work of God is so precious and may we cherish it throughout the eternal ages. Therefore, we as believers must be alert and not allow ourselves to be seduced and lured away by doctrines of, of demons. We say doctrine, you're talking about teachings 
of demons. The brevity of life and the coming of Christ should motivate Christians to remain faithful unto death. We must not allow ourselves to be deceived with Satan's cheap substitutes, such as lies. Do not be deceived by superstition. Do not be deceived by political correctness. Do not be deceived by wokeness. Do not be deceived by political opinions and opinions of people and talk shows and the philosophies of this world system. In this particular passage, John warns, uh, exposes, and identifies the characteristics of those who are controlled by the spirit of Antichrist. I reiterate, in this particular passage, John warns, he exposes, and even identifies the characteristics of those who are controlled by the spirit of Antichrist. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It says, little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. The aged beloved apostle speaking as a loving father to his children forewarns the church of the coming Antichrist, and that many little Antichrists who are against Christ all over this world have already come on the scene. Don't believe in God, saying one cannot know God, and, and just blaspheming God. The word Antichrist is used in the Bible by only John. Anti means to oppose. Antichrist means against Christ. The scripture says the Antichrist, this person that's going to come, is coming. Antichrist in this phrase is a proper name which refers to the coming of a final world ruler energized by Satan himself who will seek to replace and oppose the true God. The Antichrist will be the ultimate embodiment of what it means to be against Christ. You think some of the um, personalities that have come on the scene like Adolf Hitler and so many others you think they, they were Antichrist. Just wait till the Antichrist comes. He will seek world domination and will attempt to destroy all followers of Jesus Christ as well as the nation Israel. First John 2, 19 says, they went out from us. Now underline the us in your Bible, uh, but they were not of us to for if they had been of us, that's us a third time, they would have continued with us, us a fourth time, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us five times. John mentions the word us five times in this particular verse, and it refers to the fellowship of believers, the church. The us is the church, the body of Christ. Many false teachers and many false teachers and preachers and evangelists and professing believers start out appearing seemingly to be ever so faithful in the service of the Lord's work, but later leave the church and even the faith with no interest in the things of God, even though they claim to know him in the onset. They disregard his word, they walk away from his word, and even the church. Some who have left the church live in a sinful lifestyle and even commit apostasy. They leave renouncing Christ. They leave the church assembly 
and take others with them, all of which reveals that they were not believers to begin with. Now, here's what we left off with the last time. Why do those who professed to be believers leave the church assembly and depart from the faith? Why do those who profess to be believers leave the church? They say, oh, I know Christ. I, I signed a card. I came forward. I put my name on the dotted line. Uh, why do those who profess to be believers leave the church assembly and depart from the faith? Number one, first of all, just by way of a quick review, not everyone who departs from the church assembly necessarily departs from the faith. People leave the church assembly for many reasons, such as transferring to another city. They leave the church because of military change of duty station. They leave a particular church assembly to go assist aging parents. They go back home or to another location away. Uh, they are no longer growing spiritually where they currently are or where they currently have membership. Uh, they leave a particular membership because of health reasons, work schedule, conflicts within the church, and discontentment. Now, let me park on the word discontentment because it's wreaking havoc in so many churches today. Now, I didn't say this last week, so you can mark this down. Beloved, it is absolutely of no spiritual benefit to you to faithfully worship in a local assembly with a spirit of discontentment. It is of no spiritual benefit to you. When you have a discontented spirit, you are miserable you make other worshipers around you miserable and your time in the house of God has been a mere exercise in spiritual futility. A discontented spirit steals your joy. Say it makes you mad about the little things, insignificant things. You, you lose sight of the main thing as to why you're here. A discontented spirit steals your joy. It steals your freedom in Christ. You, you don't serve because you're discontented. You, you don't get involved. And it negatively affects your attitude in worship. If you've got the wrong attitude, there's no worship. It affects your financial giving. I ain't giving nothing. And the ability to receive what God wants to reveal to you through his word. You're no longer able to receive the teachings from the word of God. Therefore, for those who are discontented by radio, by television, by social media. I'm talking to so many venues out there in person and everywhere else. You would be wise if you just move on to where you can be satisfied. Okay, did you get that? If you're discontented, you might as well be wise. Be wise and move on where you can be satisfied. Life is too short for you to have a discontented spirit. All you're doing is making yourself sick and uh, giving yourself a migraine. But now, going to another church is not going to help you if you are the issue. But if you are the issue, cry out to Jesus for healing and deliverance from a discontented spirit. Possess a quiet spirit. Refuse to be a busybody. And remain and serve faithfully where you are. Okay? Because sometimes people find out, they're, they're looking... They, they spot check everything. This is not right. She can't sing. Uh, he, he got the same coat on again this Sunday. Um, uh, I wish she come and have another style and all that kind of stuff. You leave with everything but God. And uh, that's a busybody. 
You're in everybody's business instead of taking care of your own business. So if you're the issue, even if you go to another church, you're going to be miserable there because the issue is not those churches. The issue is you. Number two, many abandon the faith because they are not genuinely saved and do not have the life of God living in their soul. Many abandon the church, leave the faith because they weren't saved to begin with. They, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, they just they went for, for reasons that were not legitimate and it manifested. It revealed itself a little later. Thirdly, some leave the church because they have more of a relationship with people than they have with Christ. They have more of a relationship with people than they have with Christ. Let me just say this. They care more about what people think and say rather than following the teachings of Christ. They care more about what people think and what they say as opposed to following the teachings of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, follow me. Follow me. He said, follow me. Fourthly, uh, many feel like God has forsaken them when they go through personal crises and tragedies, resulting in their leaving the church assembly and even abandoning their faith, asking, where is God? I'll reiterate that. Many leave the church and even the faith because of going through personal trials and crises and tragedies, resulting in their leaving the church and even abandoning the faith, asking, where is God? Why do I have this cancer? Why did my child die? Why did my husband leave me or my wife leave me? Uh, This is my second job that laid me off. And on and on and on and on it goes. And so they give up on God and say, where is he? Well, he's where he's always been. He's on the throne. And God knows exactly where you are. And he wants to increase your faith. And he's asking you a question. Can you trust me? Through the crisis of life. Job 13, 15, a says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm going to trust him when things go well, when things don't go well, when I'm up and when I'm down through my success, failures, trials, good times, worst of times, I'm going to trust him. Okay. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? Now, that was just a bit of a review with some new insights took therein. Now, this is all completely new But I just wanted to reiterate, you know, a good teacher will always do a little snippet of a review uh, to stimulate you. And then you got so many that weren't here last Sunday anyway. Number five, many depart from the faith because they attended a church that did not teach sound biblical doctrine. Okay, And, and that's a that's a good reason to leave, resulting in them not being grounded in the faith. They didn't have spiritual roots and not being saved. If you're at a church that's not teaching the true word of God from the scripture in its historical, grammatical, cultural context, you need to leave that church and go where you can grow. I have had so many say they come here because they are getting fed a proper spiritual diet. I'm not going to try to entertain you here to keep you here. I'm too old. I'm going to hurt myself, strain my back, trying to make you happy. I'm not concerned about your happiness. I'm more concerned about your holiness. Amen. 
Many depart from the faith because they attended a church that did not teach sound biblical doctrine, resulting in them not being grounded in the faith, having no spiritual roots, in some cases not even being saved because they didn't have the truth or the true doctrine. And some, if they are saved, refuse to receive. you got some folk here, it's not, the issue is not the doctrine. They're getting the right doctrine. It's just that they won't, they won't receive it. They, they won't internalize it. So, so, so some are saved and some have the right doctrine before them, but because they won't internalize the word and then implement the word of God, it results in them being spiritually weak, anemic, and deficient uh, because of a lack of sound doctrine. I mean, you can have the right spiritual food, but then don't eat. Philippians 4.9 says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice what you receive. The word of God is to be lived out in your life and the God of peace will be with you. James 1.22 also says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. God don't just want you to be a hearer. After you heard, then put the word into action. Number six, people leave the church assembly because they have allowed themselves to be confused and deceived by Satan. People leave the church assembly because they have allowed themselves to be confused and deceived by Satan. What brings about confusion in the church assembly is a critical spirit. What brings about confusion in, confusion in the church is pride, embracing sensationalism and emotions over the word of God. There's some folk, they just want to be jumping and screaming and hollering, but they're so superficial and so shallow and they have no spiritual depth and any little wind that blows, they just tumble over because they have a lot of emotion, a lot of heat, but no word, no light. There will be confusion when people come with hidden agendas. There will be confusion when you come to fix congregants. Uh, there will be confusion when you come to fix the pastor. There will be confusions when you come to fix the church structure instead of focusing on Christ to transform them. Number seven, some leave the church assembly because they are looking for a perfect church. They're looking for a perfect church, which results in them moving from church to church, attempting to find the ideal congregation. And when they begin roaming around, they discover the nursery. Look, when they, when they get to roaming around, they discover that the nursery of one church is not properly staffed. At another church assembly, the parking lot is too small. Then they move on somewhere else only to discover the seating capacity is too limited. They move on to another assembly only to discover the worship celebration is too short. I just sat down. My seat is not heated. And they go to another church. The church service here is too long. I fall asleep. They move to another church. This church is too quiet. Go, move on to another church. This church is too loud. They move to another church because they feel that the style of music is not appropriate. In another church, they move. The sermons are too long and do not meet my felt needs. And they go on to another church. There are too many hypocrites in the church. Well, they're in the right place. They can get saved. <laughs> At least they're in the right spot. They're not going to get saved in a bar. <laughs> Beloved, if you are looking for a perfect church, you will never find it. 
The church is made up of imperfect people. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for a perfect marriage, you're not going to find it. The husband and wife are two imperfect people serving a perfect God. We're not perfect, but our direction, we ought to be aiming at perfection. Everybody in here is a sinner, a saved sinner. All right. Okay. You don't say, I'm not a, I'm not, don't call me no sinner. But are you telling me you haven't sinned? You all have sinned and you've sinned since you've been saved. And some of you sinned recently. I'm talking about real recently. <laughs> okay. Today, a few hours, or maybe here in the church. If you are looking for a perfect church, you will never, never find it. And oh, I found the perfect church. Oh, praise the Lord. As soon as you arrive, it won't be perfect because you there. Number eight, some leave the church because the church assembly they currently attend does not mirror their previous church. This is interesting, you all. Some leave the church because the church assembly because the church assembly they currently attend does not mirror the previous church or provide personal accommodations. Well, if you want if you want everything to be like the previous church, that's where you need to be. You need to go back to where you came from. It's supposed to be different. That's amen. For example, uh, many saints leave because of the style of worship. The church is not charismatic enough. The church does not practice deliverance and casting out demons. They leave because the church does not focus on faith healing. Uh, They leave because the church does not uh, focus on a prosperity message. The church does not focus on entertainment. They leave because the church does not have enough high energy praise and worship. Uh, You know what? They leave. Many saints leave because the church does not provide enough amenities. It's not what I can do for the church. It's what the church can do for me. What amenities? Uh, I will join a church. I'm looking for a church. It has to have a cafe. It has to have a bookstore. They need church transportation so they can come and pick me up. I can save my own gas. The church has to have free Wi-Fi. Church has to have a children's church. The children's church. You know, the best children's church is for children, if they're older than five, to sit in with their families and the family teach the children how to worship. Like I see these children here writing notes with the parents. Children and families ought to worship together. They're separated all week long. They're in their own school, Sunday school, youth ministry. They're all over the place. Then you come to church, they have their own youth church. over. And I'm not speaking against churches that have that. It's just that that's not my philosophy of ministry. I believe husbands and wives and moms and dads ought to teach their children and grandchildren how to worship the Lord in the Lord's house. They ought to see you enjoying God. They ought to see you standing up and waving your hand. They'll learn how to worship God from, look at grandma. One grandma cutting loose up there. But they catch the vision of how to worship. When you get five years old, you come out of there and you come in here and you sit down and you expect them to learn. And if they don't, they act up, take them out, tap them up, bring them back and they sit down. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Beloved, it is, listen to this big statement on all of this. It is highly possible for a church to offer so many amenities 
that the congregants miss Christ. Oh, wow. Did you get that? Oh, I got my cafe. I got my parking space. Oh, I, I got enough space in the seats between me. I got Wi-Fi. I got transportation. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Yeah, you got everything but Jesus. What does it profit you to gain all this stuff and don't have a personal encounter with Christ? Number nine, many leave the church because they do not want to hear the truth about themselves from the word of God. Many leave the church because they do not want to hear the truth about themselves from the word of God. They prefer a feel-good, self-coddly gospel that does not offend. They would rather criticize the pastor and church then search their own hearts and allow the gospel to perform spiritual surgery in their own lives. So they're so busy sizing everybody else up that they cannot critique themselves in light of scripture. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word. For his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.